We are live for another episode of Spiritual Dust. And today we have Dawn Hoffman with us today. And Dawn's been friends with me for years. She's done website work with me. We've done some paranormal stuff that we've talked about. Uh, today she just called me to ask me why her head was crooked. <laughs> I don't know why I would have that answer. <laughs> But she did. She literally got into the studio and said, why is my head crooked? I thought maybe it was her neck. Maybe it's a spinal thing, but I didn't look crooked to me. But it is such a pleasure to have you on, Don. It's, and you are a busy person. You have stuff going on, you know, throughout the county, you know, throughout your town. You're very involved. But please tell us a little about yourself. What is it that you do? What do you say? <laughs> That's a very good question. What I do is most of the time I am a marketer. I work for myself about five and a half, six years ago now, I guess I went out on my own and have been loving it. I didn't have to worry about the pandemic and if I wanted to work from home or not, because I already was. Um, so that is my job. I also am on the board of the Paoli Battlefield. Um, I have been doing that for about, oh my goodness, seven eight years maybe now. Um, so that's pretty much, um, I guess in a nutshell, the main things that I'm involved in and what I do. Um, now through the years, did you have a paranormal website at one time or what was that? I don't remember quite. Yes, Paranormal Closet. I actually collected stories from people and their experiences. And so it was just kind of like a little a repository of experiences other people had. I still have the stories. I still have the domain. I just haven't had a chance to upkeep it. So I have not um, renewed the hosting at this time. It could be something that comes back. But right now, with all of the other things I have going on, um, it I just kind of let that go for right now. You guys, you can always bug her to do it. You can send stuff to her, send it through her email, call her in the middle of the night because the only way she's going to put that thing out is if you bug the shit out of her. <laughs> I didn't want to do it right now. I've got other stuff going on. Um, now, it's interesting that you work with the, I guess it's, is it the Historical Society with the Paoli Battlefield? What is that exactly? Um, no, it's the Paoli Battlefield Preservation Fund. Okay. Yes. Um, it's through... Um, Malvern, if you're not familiar with the battlefield, it's located in Malvern. Um, and it's, we're, we're actually going for national landmark status, but we've been working on that for a while. So not a lot of people actually realize that the battlefield's there. When I first moved into this area, I'm actually from the area, but I just didn't hang out in Malvern or Phoenixville very often. When we first moved to the Phoenixville area, I remember driving down to um, 30, and seeing a sign that said revolutionary battlefield with this with a arrow I, what what there, there's a battlefield back there i had no idea and there's so many people in the area who still don't even realize that it's there and, and the significance of it so our job is to try to educate people about it um, and upkeep the battlefield to make sure that it stays in the condition um like it was back when the battle occurred i can't hear you uh, you no, there you go. Now you, uh, now I can. <laughs> I, I put the battlefield background in. Okay. So, um, it, what's really interesting about that is that in Exton, I did a channeling once. 
and I was through the townhome community there, and I was looking over to the left, and the voice that was speaking through me had uh, a very deep British accent, and it kept talking about the horses and taking away the blood. There was buckets of blood, and then the lady who owned the place said that there was a battlefield or a hospital right in that area during the Revolutionary War or during those times. Um, I find a lot of paranormal activity in this whole area here. What about the battlefield where, <laughs> battlefield you hang out, wherever? <laughs> I've heard stuff about that place. Oh, yes. It's actually significant. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't know about it. It's actually considered to be the ninth bloodiest battle of the revolution. Whoa. Yes. Um, it was fought on uh, at midnight on September 20th through the 21st. So basically, you know, the night of the, the 20, 20th into the 21st, 1777. Um, it, the Brigadier General Anthony Wayne was leading the Continentals and Major General Charles Gray was leading the British. And um, it obviously wasn't something that was a normal occurrence. You know, they didn't usually do battles at night like that. Yeah. So it really was um, unique in that sense. And it kind of, it fell between the Battle of, Pale, uh, the Battle of Brandywine happened on September 11th. The Battle of the Clouds happened on the 16th. And then right after that was the Battle of Paley, the night of the 20th um, through the 21st. So it, you know, everybody knows Brandywine, what happened after was Germantown, everybody knows that. Um, but the, the in-between there, um, a lot of people don't even realize that the significance of this, this battle. There were um, approximately 2,200 personnel in the Continentals troop and about 1,200 in the British and only four British were killed and seven were wounded during this battle. Whereas with the Continentals, there was 53 killed and over 200 wounded and 71 captured. So there was a lot, there, you know, a heavy toll was taken on the Continentals during this war. And like I said, it's considered the ninth bloodiest battle of the revolution. So there was a lot of trauma that happened on that battlefield that night. Here's where I ask you something that's, you know, I would ask on this show. Have you noticed anything weird out there since you've been <laughs> out there? Why, yes, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, we actually do paranormal tours. Um, we actually have one coming up um, on October 21st. We close the battlefield to the public. Um, it is it is a public park, so people can go and walk their dogs, you know, do runs, walk through the, the woods. So we do close it off on the nights that we do our special paranormal events. I've been doing the paranormal events now, well, basically ever since I've been on the board. And before that, my first experience was when I first moved here and I realized that that was going on. So of course I had to go over and check it out. Um, most of my experiences have come while I've been quote unquote working the paranormal tours. What we do is we set up stations throughout um, in the wooded, wooded area and at the grave site. And we allow people to go to each of those stations and we have our, our paranormal investigators at each of those stations. Um, I should probably back up for a second too to explain another thing that could be cause, causing you know, more activity is the fact that the 53 soldiers who were killed there mm -hmm. were all buried on site. General Washington, yes, General Washington 
told his troops not to destroy fences, you know, not not to upset the people living on the land because, you know, as they were going through these battles, because you wanted to get respect, you know, if, if they're going to try to come back and say, okay, now we're going to be the leaders of this country, you don't want to make people mad um, and ruin their livelihood as you're trying to win this battle. So that actually plays a key part in the reason why there are so many casualties in this war was they were trying to retreat. They were trying to get away from the British when they started to attack. And they were trying to push a cannon through one of the openings in one of the, the fences and a wheel fell off. And so nobody could get through. Everybody kind of got backed up. So there were 52 soldiers who were basically killed right in that same area. So what they did was they, they created a trench and they buried them all in this trench. So there's actually a mass grave that is on the site today with a monument that's considered, um, I think it's the, the second oldest monument um, based uh, in, in the United States. And it's a tribute to these. The glass cover over? Yes, to try to protect it. Yes. Um, so there's 52 soldiers buried in that mass grave. And later there was another body found in the woods and that gentleman was buried where he was found in the woods. So there are actually, you know, it is an actual grave site on this location. So of course, and with all the trauma there, it leaves the door open for some activity. Now, another thing I want to note though is yes, this is, you know, a major source of activity, but people have lived on this site for years. There, it was a farm before, people still live around the battlefield today. So when we actually investigate a lot of times it's good not to just focus on the battle because there could be other entities who were there, which I've actually had um, encounters with. So that, you know, people, yeah, people think that, oh, it's just going to be, oh, are you a soldier, you know, Revolutionary War. And I've actually been surprised more than once how other people have actually interacted with us there as well. You probably get some girl named Alice from the diner from <laughs> I'm with Joey. He's such a nice boy. You're, no, no, no. You're not a soldier. Um, what have been some of that bizarre occurrences that you've picked up on? One of my first was just a, just before the pandemic, I guess. I have an arsenal of different pieces of equipment that I like to use. I pretty much have thrown the last couple of investigations, all of that modern technology out the window. One of our fellow investigators has a lot of success communicating through dowsing rods. And it's no, not something I've never really done outside of, you know, maybe when we went to Gettysburg and you would do a tour. I remember them giving us dowsing rods to, just to try them. And so it never really was something that I used. That is the main thing I use anymore at the battlefield. It, I even handed the dowsing rods to um, one of my fellow investigators at one point that, you know, she, she's a very good friend. I've known her since junior high. And we, we, you know, go on these adventures sometimes and you could just feel the energy in them. And I handed them to her. So I wasn't just thinking, okay, I don't want to just be the one experiencing this. I want to see if she does too. And even she said they felt like they were full of energy. And it's something that I had never really experienced before. So backing up then to the first experience that I have ever had was I was actually standing, I was stationed at the, the grave site. 
And I had a group with me and I was telling them the story about the battle. And I decided to pull out the dowsing rods because I wasn't getting much with anything else. And it's, we started to get answers to yes and no questions. And one of the other people in the group actually had um, a spirit box with her. And we had the name Alexander come through. I thought, oh, okay, that, that's interesting. So I started to ask, were you a soldier? It said, yes. Um, did you fight for, you know, the, the British side? No. Did you fight for the Americans? Yeah. Well, not the Americans, obviously. It wasn't America at that time. Um, did you fight for the, the, the Continentals? Yes. Were you killed? No. Were you wounded? Yes. And in the, at this point, it was time for that group to move on. So I continued with the questions. And what I did was, if you go to the Paoli Battlefield website, which is rememberpaoli.org, we have a list of the people who were involved in the war that we know of. We don't know all of the names, even of the people who are in the grave. There's, I think, like at least 39 people that we don't know names for. And so I went to that list and I wanted to see if an Alexander came up. And I believe that there's four different Alexanders. So I started to go through the list. You know, I, I read the first one. Is this you? No. Is this you? No. Is this you? No. I get to the next one and I said, are you Alexander McKay? And it said, yes. Holy. <laughs> and I'm like by myself at this point because the other group hadn't showed up. And I'm just standing there like, is this really happening? Like, I just might have identified the person that I am communicating with right now. And it, it totally blew my mind. You know, I can't say that throughout my life, I've had a lot of like solid experiences that I'm like, okay, you know what? I cannot explain that, you know, one or two that stand out. But this was something I had never experienced before as far as direct communication like this. And it, it was really an experience. So the next time we came back, I once again asked, you know, I called out for Alexander and he, he was there. So, you know, I, I, I tried to confirm a few other things, you know, um, were like, like I said, you know, were you wounded? Yes. So I was getting these answers that, that correlate to the information we have about this gentleman. So that was really my first experience at the battlefield. And which is why now I use the dowsing rods when I go over there. Um, I know that it depends on who you're communicating with. They might feel more comfortable with different equipment. Now, the other experience I had at the opposite end with somebody who was recently deceased, she came through that as well, though. So it, it just all depends. You know, you have to kind of look at who you're interacting with, you know, what what's most successful at a location and not just rely on the same equipment everywhere you go. You know, it's bizarre because I found an old spirit box that I got, I think, back when I first met you, almost, you know, <laughs> and it looks like a little radio with a Yes, little I saw the post. I have yeah. that one, too. I think I have that same one. <laughs> it's interesting, but I have to say this, and I can only say I have faith in it because it's worked for me. Other people don't have much faith in apps. Um but the ghost radar detector on this has been accurate in ways I, I it shouldn't be. I question sometimes I downloaded an app because somebody else was using it. It wasn't the exact app that they were using because they were, I think, on an Android and I had a Mac and there or uh, an iPhone and there wasn't 
one for the iPhone. So I think I downloaded a different one. And of course, with electronic, especially applications like that, they can be manipulated. So I do hesitate a lot of times with apps like that that you can download. If you actually have um, a spirit box that scans the radio frequencies not connected to like, you know, the phone or something, I think I would have a tendency to trust that a little bit more. I did have an experience at a business in Philadelphia. They wanted to benefit from paranormal activity, but didn't want to let anybody know about it. It, it was a very, I don't, I don't want to like say the business um, just because of that fact. And we were doing a, like an investigation. They were actually holding a special event and we were in one of the buildings and we were getting answers through the spirit box and I was recording it. And when they realized I was recording it, they made me delete it because they didn't want to scare the people who were working in the building. Um, so, you know, but with that, it's like, I trust it. That was, I think, even before I had downloaded the apps and everything, this was a number of years back. So it's been more, I think, frequent now that people are using their phones and th these apps. Whereas before you just relied on, you know, a little bit more of the uh, analog, uh, whatever you want to call it, right. you know, the, the older technology. <laughs> uh, the scanner one, I have to play with that a little bit, but it's interesting. That works well. Um, I used the Ghost Radar Classic when it came out like 18 years ago. And that's the only one I've ever really used because everything else seems kind of, this was the one that I used on several readings and it was pretty accurate. I mean, it brought up the fact that the guy was a, drove a tank and was a commander. I mean, it literally said, tank, who are you? Tank, then it went commander. Huh. So it's like, <laughs> so with that, it, but other stuff, it's kind of like, people talk about orbs a lot. You know, I caught an orb on my camera, so it must be, it must be my mother-in-law. You know, it's like, no, that's just a little speck. You know how I feel about those. <laughs> so I'm going to say it for everyone to hear it. Most of the time, orbs, I think, are just dust dust and or bugs and or do um yes. yes we we have done an investigation out in gettysburg with a group and every other person was excited because oh they were catching orbs and it was a very humid night um obviously if it's in the summer too i did not see one that i was questioning at all it was either all do you know moisture in the air bugs so yes um i think people you know, back when I first like started to actually look at investigating and doing stuff like that, you know, I would zoom, I zoomed in on something and thought I saw a face and my friend was like, no, that's just dust. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, you I get excited at first, but then you realize, you know, you're right. <laughs> I got excited too, because I would see intricate designs and stuff. And it looked like, isn't that the Vatican inside that orb? <laughs> No, man, that's sweat. It just sweat flinging off because it's all, once you start to zoom in, you can see the refraction. Yes. So it's, so I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but you know, it, it has to be more than an orb for me. It has to be too, if, if it's a natural, if it's actual energy, it has to be emitting its own light. That's number one. Now I saw, a, I, I see them. I don't know if this is a, a camera thing, but 
every once in a while see these small like this woman with her son had this green orb that was emitting light out you could tell it was glowing so that was a little different um have you ever seen orbs that you believe are legitimate that is a good question um I honestly cannot say that I have, especially now that you're, we're using our phones more often. Um, the, the glare, you know, especially when you're taking like a picture if the sun is around. Um, I can't really say that I, I have any visual evidence of orbs that I'm like, yes, I feel as though that we could, we could question that, that that could be something where it's, it's more energy than it is an outside, you know, dust dirt, something like that. The only time I saw an orb actually follow someone and change position, that was a little different. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. That would be something I would question because even if it was a bug, it wouldn't, it wouldn't probably hold that pattern. Right, 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 right. Um, are you doing any more paranormal investigations now or are you just, that's kind of um, well, we do have, like I said, the one coming up on October 21st over at the battlefield. Um, I used to do them a little bit more. Uh, we did one by accident years ago when we first started kind of doing this. This must have been at least 17, 18 years ago where we got a call. I used to work for the Reading Eagle in another lifetime um, for many years and there was a call that was routed incorrectly to my, our department. And one of my friends who was also interested in this got the call. And it was somebody who was concerned about a house that they were thinking about buying. And we ended up investigating their house for them. Um, it, it, was, it was very interesting. So we would do stuff on occasion like that. We would do stuff um, on occasion with the special events that come around, but that is more just for you're getting to meet the personalities. There's too many people. There's too many things that can contaminate during those investigations. Um, so unfortunately, right now, I haven't been doing a lot of it. It is something, though, that I'm thinking, especially, I don't know that we'll ever be out of the pandemic, but the pandemic really kind of stopped everything. And now yeah. I'm like, you know, I would really like to to do it a little bit more again. Um, I have some friends who I'm sure would be interested in it as well. Um, so it's, you know, I'll, I'll be, yeah, yeah, you better. We, we definitely got to do it. <laughs> I mean, there's so many places around here. We live in such a historic location that it, there's, there, there's plenty to choose from. <laughs> a uh, real estate agent that I know had me go to a home. I don't even want to give how close I was to anything. It's, but evidently, when I walked in, man, I got sick. I could feel getting sick to my stomach. Um, it was a, a nice enough house, but when I walked into this one area of the house, I thought I was going to pass out. And mm. evidently, I just I just felt being struck over and over again. Evidently, person A was trying to hang up something, and person B kept bothering person A while they were trying to hang up something. And they would must have been a husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, just that little thing snapped and one struck the other person several, several, several dozens, dozens of times. Oh my goodness. Hammer. And you could feel I could like I could see it, I could feel it. You know, uh, I, I my best ghost detector machine is me. 
except because I'm my own filter, I have to really kind of concentrate because, you know, it, it, it's like you, like, um, if I said to a spirit, you know, did you fight, you know, for the American army, they wouldn't know what I was talking about because there was no America, you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, now, when you were doing that little investigation with the dowsing rods and they said, were you wounded? Well, you said, were you wounded? And then you said, did you die? And they said, no. Did they tell you how they died? Um, no, only because I, with the dowsing rods, it's only yes or no questions. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's limiting. But at the same time, if you're asking the right questions, you can get a lot of information if they're willing to continue to interact with you. Um, here's where people ask me this question, and I'll ask this of you. People get confused because they go, well, if their spirits are down there by the grave, that must mean they're not anywhere else. Like everyone just hangs out by the battlefield. I don't feel as though that's right. I think spirits have free will. They can come and go as they please, because obviously when I, if I know somebody is there, as far as like if, if Alexander's there, it's not that he's always there or he doesn't always communicate um, and he didn't die there. So, you know, I think that he, it just meant something to him. Obviously it was significant to everybody who was involved in that and just, the whole movement to try to become another country. So I think that places that are important, you know, a lot of times you'll have the better opportunities to communicate, but it doesn't mean that they're, that they're stuck there. Thank you for answering that because so many people, and I tell people that death and time, they're just, I know this sounds silly, but it's in a different plane altogether. Um, it's like, I, you know, do my parents know I'm going through a hard time? They may but it may not be 12 o'clock on Friday mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, time is definitely something that I don't think that we as humans fully grasp because I don't I don't know that there's, there's so many different theories about time, but we think of it as linear and that is probably not the case. <laughs> I think that's what I try to go. If you stack everything up like this and then turn it on its side, it's more like that, like, future Rick is acting a certain way at the same time past Rick is and so on and so on. Um, I find it fascinating. Um, I've ever, always been fascinated by time. <laughs> have you noticed anything dark in your investigations? I really I, I don't think so. Um, I think sometimes when somebody thinks that something's quote unquote dark, it might just be that the spirit is having a problem coming through. And, you know, when you're frustrated and you're trying to have somebody listen to you or hear you, you might try a little harder and that might come across as being aggressive. So I've never felt as though anything was, you know, malicious, evil. Um, I've, I've had somebody, I think he was frustrated when my friend and I investigated my aunt's house before she moved. My aunt, I, I believe my aunt's a sensitive um, mm -hmm. she sees and feels things that, you know, some other people don't, um, and her house was, you know, she would, she would see people, she would see things. Um, and so my friend and I got a chance when they, um, were not home one night to go investigate and we were up, it was a little like a, like a, I forget what they call them. They build them around the fifties when the people were coming back from the war where it's just, you know, the first floor the second floor with like a an a roof and then two rooms on either side 
So we were upstairs in the room when you go up the steps to the left. And so under the eaves, there's doors, you know, so you can do storage, you know, the, the, the little doors that freak everybody out in rooms up mm -hmm. in the attic. And there was a bed without a backboard pushed against the door because her granddaughter was actually freaked out a little bit in that room. So they had the bed up against the door. And so I actually sat on the bed and put a pillow sort of like I have right now between me and the wall to be a little bit more comfortable. And my friend was sitting at the bottom of the bed and we were just recording. We weren't videoing, which is a good thing because you know I'll tell you in a minute why. And we're asking questions. It's like around 1 2 o'clock in the morning. We're not getting any responses. You know, we're like, oh, come on, no, this this will be your last chance. And you know, we're we're asking questions, no responses. And finally, I'm like, well, you know what? You're just gonna have to do something because we're gonna have to leave. And with that, I felt as though somebody took their fist on the other side of the door in in the crawl space and just pounded it on the door at my back to the point where I screamed. My friend swore. When I screamed, I kind of shifted down. Cause all I could think of was to get my, my, it almost felt like it hit me cause it was just so hard through the pillow and you know, my shirt kind of started to come up and I'm like, I, you know, it was kind of funny looking back at it because it was you know, a spectacle, but it, it, there's, it was with such force. It just, it startled the heck out of me. And we both were kind of like, Oh my gosh, you know, what, what was that? You know, so we, we ended up having to regroup. We went downstairs. I didn't know up. And at the time my friend was starting to not feel well. And we decided at that point, since she, she, she was starting to not feel well, that we would leave. And I was going to come back the next day in the daylight and move the bed and see what could have fallen against the door. You know, I was like, this is something that had to be really heavy. It's weird that it responded, you know, that it happened right when I asked that question and so I went back the next day, pulled the bed, opened the door, and there's nothing there. And there's dust. So you could see if there was something there because there was a suitcase over on the one side that you could tell hadn't moved for years. It was just kind of sitting there full of dust. And it was an empty suitcase and it wasn't near the door. There was nothing in that crawl space that could have hit that door with that force. Outside of somebody who was frustrated because we kept asking them to communicate with us and either they were trying and we didn't hear them or they just wanted us to go away. And that was like one of the, the strongest experiences I have, have, like as far as feeling something. And they really wanted to make their presence known. And it was more, I think, that we either weren't hearing them or they just were frustrated. It wasn't that it was um, you know, malicious or anything like that. I think it was just them being forceful to try to get through to us. Only time I felt anything dark, I think it's the Kennett Square Mushroom Museum now. It used to be a health food store back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I was there doing an investigation, I guess, 17 years, 18. I don't know. It was a while ago. And we were there. And you could hear stuff, definitely. And there was a, a state trooper who would do filming for us. Big guy, burly guy, muscular guy. And I... You know, I don't really, and I'm not one of those investigators, like you'll watch like some of these shows where they're antagonizing spirits to get them to do, which yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do, but we were done and I hear him go out. He, we look at his arm, he's got three claw marks right down his arm. Huh. And that was right there in Kennett Square. 
I didn't get touched, um, but he did for some reason. Hmm. Um, I think it may have something to do with who he was. Very well could have been, depending upon who it was. Right, because it's like, you know, the other guy didn't, but this guy's the biggest guy out of the bunch. And I think he might have had his little cop necklace on or hearing us talk about his stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was that was the only weird one I had. Huh. But uh, could you give us that website again for the um, battlefield? Um, it's rememberpaoli.org. Okay, check that out. Uh, before we get off here today, I really would lo- I love the fact that you were on here, Dawn. I'd love to have you on again. I, well, I do have. To, I do want to tell you one more quick story. Oh, okay, good, y'all. Hold on. Don't <laughs> don't go to the bathroom yet. Put that drink down. Don't the only reason home. the only reason I want to is because anytime I question, because I'm I'm very much both left and right brained, so you know I I, I question everything. Um, it's not that I'm like, oh, every little bump in the night is paranormal. No, most likely 99 times out of 100, I'll find that explanation. Um, but what I go back to is um, I used to work at a company in Westchester and it was owned by and managed by three sons, which you know their parents had run it before. And I had left for the night. One of my friends who was still there, she was a little bit older than me. She was, you know, she's more religious, she's religious, um, came to me the next day and she, you could tell she was really, you know, she was really shook up and she goes, I, I feel as though I can talk to you about this. I, I don't feel as though I could tell anybody else this story, but I, I have to tell somebody. We were like in this hallway where there was cubicles. And if you'd go through the hallway, you would go towards one of the, the son's offices who was at the other end. And she said she, you know, she was the only one in the, in the, where the cubicle areas were back in the back and she's just doing her thing. And she looked up and she said she saw the mother standing there, like kind of moving towards the son's office, like down in that direction, Mm -hmm. floating, like basically from the, from, you know, the waist up. And when she turned and looked at my friend and they made eye contact, she disappeared. And she had just passed away like a day or two before that. And my friend was extremely freaked out. I was excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, why couldn't why could I have been here? And then I saw the, the fear in her face. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, you're really, you know, this really shook you because this is something that she had obviously never experienced before. You know, being more religious, she didn't know what to make of this. She figured she couldn't tell anybody else. Um, so that to me, coming from somebody like that she really did see this and it just makes me realize that okay if i'm starting to doubt you know oh yeah maybe maybe there isn't such a thing as ghost or you know what people think of as ghosts which paranormal just means that you can't can't explain it it doesn't mean ghost um and you know i do believe that we are made of energy obviously there's something that creates that spark to make us animated and actually alive so it doesn't just go away. Nothing in the universe just goes away. It just turns into maybe something different. Um, so obviously something, that energy does something. What it, what it is, I don't know. But I always come back to that story. And, you know, as much as it shook her to her core, it made me realize coming from somebody like that, there is something out there that cannot always be explained. <laughs> Especially when, ha- when only half your mama is walking down the hallway, it can really freak you out. 
Uh, and and not many people see get get in their lifetime get a chance to see an apparition. I cannot say with you know certainty that I've seen any apparitions. Now, when I was younger, I think I kind of started to close off to that because, of course, when you're a kid, that would freak you out. So I have a feeling I have like a little bit of a block going on anyway. Um, but the sheer fact that she got to experience um, you know an almost full body apparition like that and have it actually look at her and realize she was there, it was just that that's that to me was like an experience I, I, I definitely will not forget. <laughs> to do do some work with you in some capacity, uh, even for fun, I think that would be a, yes, I a, I a blast. Um, I cannot and, wait. And, and tell you your wonderful husband. Um, I, I apologize for my ADD moment. <laughs> it was your birthday, and I went on the wrong day. But, um, it is amazing all the spiritual activity that goes on in this area. It just blows my oh, mind. Oh, yeah. Well, there's um, so much history here. This is where our country started. And there were people here before that, too. So it's not just that history started during the Revolutionary War. I mean, you know, Native Americans were here long before we were. So there's there's a ton of history, even though you don't. it's not the same type of history as Europe. You know, we don't have buildings that are from like the 14th and 15th century. But we had people still who were here. So obviously, you know, there's still history to be learned uh, and and experienced. One of my favorite podcasts, I think, is American History Storytellers. Mm. It's got like 57 different episodes. And it goes into areas of history like the, uh, the, the Filipino-American uh, War, all things that we don't really, and, you know, the variety of native tribes oh yeah in that whole area yeah i mean you know these guys if they hadn't helped us out we would be dead yeah and they didn't always get along either so there was right. you know we don't have they didn't have written history so obviously we don't know all of the tales but you know as, as long as there's been humans there's been conflict unfortunately so but listen, I have loved having you on. I, I can't wait to have you on again. Um, I have things going on right now that are kind of cool. All I'm going to do is give you guys a hint. The social. So um, something's coming up with that, but we're working on that, and I'm excited. Please. And I, she is very good at what she does. Dawn is very good at marketing, website work. And she has helped me in ways... You guys are always asking me, why am I putting out all this content? Well, sometimes it's because people like this help me do it. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time, guys. Keep listening to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be nice to people and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Tom. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>